Hello, this is Robert Neville from the Food Justice and Sustainability Program at KAM Isaiah Israel in Hyde Park. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Have forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in demand. Broccoli aromatherapy? Yeah, it's the latest thing. Is it? Uh, I can hardly wait. <laughs> is, is, is cauliflower bro- uh, aromatherapy in there as well? No, 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 no. That's just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> And, and broccoli is not. <laughs> I, I happen to know that I've been around both, and when one goes bad, uh, broccoli they is both a lot. Go bad, yes. Yeah, but broccoli is a lot, mm-hmm. lot worse. Well, that's a lot. How worse. about artichoke aromatherapy? Um, I don't even. I don't know. I think the uh, okay. Of uh, I suppose we could do a contest and have people call in at eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety and tell us what. Vegetable that goes bad in your refrigerator smells the worst. Uh, I think it's broccoli. I, I, th- I personally think it's the tomato that was left out on the counter no, somewhere. Tomato does not have the same aroma. Ooh, no, okay. maybe I, mean, I just it, don't it like broccoli. Get, it go can bad. get an aroma. Mm-hmm. It can get it. Um, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts gone oh, bad. I think you're right. I think you're right. And by the way, let's uh, let's give it up for Ben. We we uh we didn't give him. Can uh, I can I give him a beer ding? Uh, give him a beer ding. Oh wait, where's? Ooh. Oh, I got wait, I got my. Ben, you got beer dinged. Welcome right. to the club. Coming up in the world, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever the other ding is, that's the. That was the mimosa ding. That's I think. The, <laughs> the mimosa, mimosa ding. Okay, the beer ding and the mimosa ding. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, it, it, the show went so fast last week mm-hmm. that we didn't have a chance to thank everybody who has helped us. I'm going to do it right now because we may forget later on. Now. Uh, Ben is uh, is spinning the dials, as they say, except they don't spin anymore. And my it, it, back in the old days, they did actually. They just these just sort of slide back and forth. Got um, a lot of options. Lot yeah, of there, there's here. a fake one there that just spins for, for the <laughs> That's heck right. of it this, to make Ben happy. Yes. and he plays with it the whole hour while. It, uh, <laughs> and uh, Mike and uh, Kevin and Sonar, Sonar, of course, who's uh, ubiquitous. (laughs) Sonar's everywhere, and he seems to be on every show, so... Uh, I'm not sure why that is, but and he was even here. He's even here last week. He he didn't even bother to stick around. I guess he had so much faith in <laughs> what we were going to do. I didn't, but uh, he did. Um, but we thank all of them uh, because uh, there's been a lot of behind the scenes work to to get the show up and running. And we and we need to remind you this week 
once more that the show will be on for just an hour. We're just an hour today. Uh, the radio gods have told us that next week we will be back to our full two hours. Uh, we actually had to bump one of our guests who's oh. here this week, uh, Lisa Hilgenberg, uh, because um, we got told at the last second that it was mm-hmm. only going to be an hour last week. And then we had to bump another one this week. And actually, that that uh, goes toward uh, – it. Uh, I'm what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, next week, one of the guests we bumped today is going to be on to talk about an issue that happened this week. Uh, and I really wanted to cover it, but we will get to it next week, which is – uh, the uh, bumblebee is in trouble. And if the bumblebees are in trouble, we are, are all in, in trouble. We are all in trouble. Uh, the rusty patched bumblebee has been declared an endangered species, which is interesting. And, I'm, and I want to talk to our, our entomologist who we're going to have from Peggy Notabart Nature Museum next week, and that's Alan Lawrence. Um, and I saw there was an in, uh, uh, an article in DNA Info about this. Uh, we had it first. We were going to get them first. <laughs> Just letting you know, DA, DNA Info. Yeah, all, all, everybody out we, there, we had them first. We, we had them lined up first, and then we just couldn't put them on the show today. Uh, but um, I see bumblebees in my yard in the spring a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, I don't, if I'm not seeing the rusty patch bumblebee. Yeah, I was kind of wondering the same thing because I do see a lot of bumblebees. And maybe it's just certain areas that they're more that they're that they're affected more. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to cover that story next week. We're going to have uh, uh, Mr. Lawrence on, and we're going to try to get somebody from the Xerces Society. Uh, they do uh, really good work um, uh, protecting insects mm-hmm. and and disseminating information about insects. And so we will try to do that uh, next week. But uh, this week. Uh, as I mentioned, Lisa Hilgenberg is in the studio. She's right here. She's a horticulturist at the Regenstein Fruit and Vegetable Garden of the Chicago Botanic Garden. Uh, and, and we got a blast we from a the past. a surprise guest. Oh, my goodness, a surprise guest. Speak, Mr. Hello, guest. hello. It's good to be back. These uh, new digs are quite impressive. Okay, no. so can anybody tweet us or call us at 847-475-1590 and tell us who that voice is? Oh my goodness! Okay, if they if they feel like it, and, back, and you'll baby. win valuable <laughs> Wally prizes. So uh, that's our mystery guest, and a not so mystery guest is going to talk about seed catalogs in just a second. So uh, you're listening to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Again, the phone number eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety, and you are listening to fifteen ninety WCGO Chicago's Smart Talk. Stick around for the show. Okay, in the studio, as we mentioned before, uh, is one of our favorite people, uh, and that is Lisa Hilgenberg from the Chicago Botanic Garden. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to be with you. What a uh, nice topic to think about today. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, it's, isn't that what folks do at this time of year? They uh, they get their catalogs in the mail, and uh, as a matter of fact, I wanted to play something for you. Um, this is... Uh, something that you uh, didn't really know was coming. 
uh, but uh, <laughs> and 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 nobody else does here. But you might you might enjoy this song since we're going to talk about seed catalogs. And by the way, if anybody wants a has a question about seed catalogs, it's seven. Oh, not seven seven. Let's try this again. Eight eight. What what's this? eight four seven? Thank you. Eight four seven four, four seven, seven five fifteen ninety. I'll get used to it after a second. Uh, this is Lisa just for you. Oh, here come catalogs, here come catalogs filled with bulbs and seeds. Pictures of the perfect plants that every gardener needs. There's a lily of a color no one ever has seen. It will die its zone is rated 15. Oh, here come catalogs, here come catalogs, you ring me to spend. They'll accept my MasterCard for roses without end. There are months of cold before us, gardens withered and seen. We'll be broke before it's March, cause catalogs are here. Cause catalogs are here. All right. That is my group, of course, the Frozen Robins. That and, is beautiful. Uh, uh, you got to sing. That a, gets a ding. Uh, got to sing a song about catalogs. I think uh, it's the Spring Robins, though. And actually, I'm the bass guy on on that one. I'm the Doombada Doombada guy. Beautifully done. Oh, I love the you. lyrics. Did you write it as yes, well? Yeah, I did. It's fabulous. I do, as you know, I do a column for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, and every uh, December I do my parodies of Christmas carols. And that was one of the years I did a thing on catalogs because this is what gardeners do at this time of year. They they get the cat and and uh, Peggy brought in a big selection of them sitting right up on mm-hmm. uh, on on the desk here, uh, the console, whatever we're calling it, this uh, marble thing, uh, and uh, that's where you start. That's where you you get going for the year. You get your inspiration, and you decide what you're going to plant. Now, as a person who grows, what is it? How many uh, tens of thousands of plants at the Botanic Garden? We grow about 50,000 50, annual vegetable wow. starts every year. Yeah. So three seasons of, of successive planting. Yikes. Yikes. So how do you start? I mean, you've... you've You've got to grow 50,000 plants. Now, obviously, you'll you, you also start with plants that you like, that you've had in the past, that work well, that play well with others, and play well with you. Um, but each year, you must be on the lookout for something new. So how do you even begin that search? Well, you know, we do our crop planning a year in advance at the Chicago Botanic Garden. So I'll be starting on 2018. Oh, so this has already been done. Oh, so you're looking ahead to next year. Yeah, but how do you know what 2017 did? You don't. Well, a lot of it is um, tried and true varieties, and I think that's a great um, lesson for home gardeners as well, is to choose the plants that really perform well in your garden. And uh, that could be heirloom plants, hybrid plants, um, and then consider a couple of new vegetables to put into your garden. Uh, There's a little bit of experimental um, uh, trialing that goes on at uh, Chicago Botanic, too. So uh, we're looking forward to growing uh, new, old uh, something for everybody. Uh, but that crop planning is done um, with a lot of research. Uh, obviously, the plants that perform the best, that produce the best um, 
produce um, and the ones that uh, connect to uh, the work that chefs are doing around the uh, Chicagoland area and nationally. Um, uh, And then um, we're teaching concepts like uh, seed saving. And so we're planting some plants that will let go to seed as well. So we're considering, um, you know, whether plants are hybrids or heirlooms, and we're planting just a little bit of everything for every type of grower. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we get back to that, let us go to the phone lines and bring in Art from Skokie. Art, good morning. You're on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, hi. How are you doing, Mike? I appreciate your show. What's up? Uh, yeah, I just uh, want to ask about or- orchids. orchids, and, and uh, I, I bought them a few times, and they kind of keep dying or... Or once they bloom, they don't bloom anymore. I'm not sure what to do about it. Like, do I need fertilizer? Well, or it, ice cubes. I have to if I don't put ice cubes or something happens. I'm not sure. Art, you are in luck because there is a fabulous orchid show that's going to happen at the Chicago Botanic beginning February 11th. And uh, you'll be able to learn all about caring for your orchid from um, repotting uh, uh, orchid selection, how to properly care for it, fertilize and water. So I hope to see you at the uh, Chicago Botanic Garden Orchid Show. I think that's that's probably a really good place to start. Um, You know, orchids, uh, they have their own particular care. You don't want to uh, drown them. Uh, they need really good draining soil, uh, which means that if you buy uh, the plant in a particular medium, which is the the soil or whatever they have around it, you probably want to keep it because it has been grown with that drainage in mind. And then the light care for most orchids is bright indirect light, uh, not direct sunlight. Uh, and then and there are also temperature considerations. Relative high humidity for some of the um, oncidiums and uh, uh, phalaenopsis would be a great selection for a home uh, grower to try in many different window uh, uh, aspects. So So here's what I would suggest, Art. Two things. First, go to the Chicago Botanic Garden Orchid Show on February 11th, did you say? Uh, Yes. That second week in February is the opening day. Uh, Saturday or Friday, do you know? We can look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Pe- think it Peggy- opens on a Saturday. Okay, Peggy. Well, Peggy's really good at, at tracking this down. So keep listening, Art. We'll let you know exactly what day it starts on. Uh, but the second thing is, since we're talking seeds and not orchids today, if you want to write me an email, mike at mikenovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net, I will get you more information as well. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks for Art. calling, Art. Appreciate okay. it. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. We have Lisa Hilgenberg in the studio from the Chicago Botanic Garden. So you were talking about the kinds of considerations that the Botanic Garden has, which are not exactly the kinds of considerations that most people have in their own backyard. I mean, you, you're you connected to chefs. You're connected to the public. You, you want to uh, get the seeds to reproduce so that you can replant some of them as well. Uh, What about the average gardener who is confused by the number of catalogs out there? Now, I I will let people know that on my website, MikeNovak.net, I put the list of catalogs that Lisa likes. Uh, If you go to MikeNovak.net, go to the homepage. Right on the homepage, you will see the uh, story, Secrets of Selecting Seeds. Click on it. And you can find links to those catalogs. I also have links. Uh, I found Mr. Brown Thumb mm-hmm. wrote for Tree Hugger, and he had a list of 
seed companies. But what's interesting, Lisa, and you've probably noticed this too, a lot, most of the really good seed growers uh, have a very similar list of companies. You see some of the same stuff on, like, uh, for instance, seed, seed Savers Exchange seems to be on a lot of them. You're right. And I think uh, each seed company has um, sort of a different specialty. And so depending on what it is you're looking for, um, if it's vegetable gardening, there are all kinds of resources that offer just more information than just the seeds themselves. So I look for catalogs that um, give growing tips, uh, cultural information, um, varieties that are offered in organic um, uh uh, seed as well as inorganic seed, depending on what you need. Um, I have certain uh, vendors that uh, we shop for seed potatoes or onions. Um, so I think um, looking at a wide range of seed catalogs certainly will help um, narrow down some of the new selections that you might make. But going to those tried and true seed catalogs that uh, will um, help you walk through the sort of tangled garden math that goes along with selecting seed, and then um, well, okay, why do you call it tangled garden math? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people have a difficult time thinking about how many uh, how many radish seeds they're going to need for a ten foot row, and so <laughs> if you true. can find a catalog that really gives yeah. that sort of garden math at the bottom of each entry, yeah. um, that can be very helpful. And so I encourage people when they're having their second cup of coffee, they're in their <laughs> robes, sitting around the kitchen, looking at their seed catalogs this morning, to to really um, draw a little picture, maybe do a little crop planning by writing down the vegetable varieties or flower um, plants that, that you're, you're family wants to see in the garden or eat this year, and then do a little spatial planning. Uh, make a little uh, drawing of how much space these vegetables will take in your in your garden. And then you'll be able to go back to the seed catalogs and look at um, pricing and make some comparisons um, and select seed packets carefully. Um, it's an economic way to plant a garden. Starting with seed is, is very cost-effective compared to... Um, uh, you know, shopping for vegetable starts. But, so. but because it's so complicated, I, I have to warn people who want to start seeds. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. That's uh, sort of the <laughs> word of warning uh, for that. But uh, as you said, it's, it's economical. It's a good way to start. Uh, let's get in very briefly to the idea, since uh, GMOs are an issue, uh, people confuse that with hybrids, with heirloom varieties. Can we do like a like a one-minute, two-minute primer on the difference between those? Of course. Um, so hybrid uh, seed is um, a plant that has been bred for the best uh, qualities of two parent plants. So the mother and the father plant, if you will. Um, those uh, those uh, characteristics have been bred, and those might be disease resistance, um, uh, production, um, uh, just performance in the garden. So those hybrids are very vigorous. Um, they're planted um, oftentimes by uh, small market farmers, uh, producers who have to count on that production. Um, they're uh, hybrid plants that aren't that won't reliably reproduce themselves that second generation. So it's a plant that's likely to revert back to the characteristics of one of the parents. So if you're thinking of starting a garden for growing for seed, uh, for instance, to perpetuate some of these varieties, you would choose an open pollinated plant or an heirloom plant. 
And the definition is fairly broad uh, as far as uh, heirloom plants. Um, typically, they come with these really interesting stories of uh, being sewn up in a grandmother's <laughs> hem as she's yeah. crossed the ocean on the Mayflower. Or uh, uh, they have... Um, Sort of like an antique, there's a certain amount of years involved. Those plants have been perpetuated in the garden for um, 100 years. Some people say that it's 50 years. Uh, but typically they come with sort of um, a link to a nostalgic connection and then this old, uh, wonderful story. Um, and those plants are open-pollinated. They've reliably reproduced themselves uh, generation, sometimes for hundreds of generations. And so those plants are the ones that you're able to save seed from and, and grow out again in your garden, which is um, a focus of our really big weekend coming at the Chicago Botanic Garden next weekend. All right. Tell us about uh, next weekend very quickly. Well, very quickly, um, we have William Woys Weaver, who is a seed historian. And is con- that next week already? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got an invitation yeah. from Gloria that Next I haven't Sunday, responded yeah. to yet. Oh my goodness, uh, Gloria, I'm uh, I'm I'm there. I'm there. I'll it's send it. It's in the, my inbox too. Yeah, Wait okay. For his response. All right. Wow, I forget. Boy, it comes up quick. Okay. I'm so glad you you're both coming. That's yeah. great. I'm yeah. looking forward to well, that. Well, I came to the, the, your seed thing last year, and it was just terrific. Uh, Greg uh, Lahoulier. Um, did I get? Is it Greg? No, it's Craig. Craig. Okay. Uh, and in fact, he and I have been co- corresponding this uh, already this year about him coming on the show to talk about tomatoes, the best tomatoes. And everybody Ooh. wants to grow tomatoes, and he has a book called Epic Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that, and, and he's got a new book coming out. So he's- Yeah, he's bred that little dwarf tomato, um, and so it's uh, a smaller-statured plant. Uh, very interesting work that Craig LaHoulier is doing. We need to take a little break here, and I want to get back to the seeds. We, we need to finish mm-hmm. the conversation about uh, the kinds of seeds, GMOs versus hybrids versus um, F1 hybrids and that sort of thing. But the last time I talked about Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, it was at another radio station in a completely different year. Talk about culture shock. In case you're new to this show, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine is the magazine for gardening in this region. Nothing else even comes close. There are great articles, fabulous photos, calendars, gardening tips, and more. And if you're new to gardening, and that's maybe why you're listening to a seed starting program, or just not very organized... Stop looking at me, Peggy. The January-February issue, which is out now, is traditionally the planning issue, and they've outdone themselves this time. Trust me. By the way, I also have a column on the inside back page of each issue. Trust me, no planning involved. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com, but if you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. When we come back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, we'll continue our conversation with Lisa Hilkenberg from the Chicago Botanic Garden. Um, and your phone calls, of course, are welcome at... 847-475-1590. 847-475-1590. Chicago's Smart Talk, WCGO. Stick around. Yeah, good planets are scarce. 
Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. If you live in the upper Midwest and you're already jonesing to plant stuff, you need to get your hands on a grow light from Happy Leaf LED. At 18 inches, it's small but mighty. You can start three conventionally sized flats of seeds in a roughly three by two foot area. You can even grow plants that flower and produce fruit. How does Happy Leaf do it? The light is tuned for all plant growth, including flowering plants. You name it, this USA-made LED light can grow it. Your indoor garden will be limited only by your imagination. It's already won the 2017 Direct Gardening Association Green Thumb Award. With the Happy Leaf LED, there's no reason you can't have your own delicious, fresh, leafy greens year-round. Not to mention all of the herbs you need for any recipe. Find out more about the Happy Leaf LED light at happyleafled.com or call 815-414-2209. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. This is your talk. And this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. All right, everybody sing. The only one singing is Peggy. That's because my voice could crack with it yeah. still. Okay. <laughs> it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on 1590 WCGO, Chicago's. 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 Chicago's Smart Talk. I can say Smart Talk, but I can't say Chicago. Evanston's Smart and, Talk. Uh, yeah, right. Located in the uh, lovely city of Evanston. And uh, we have Lisa Hilgenberg in the studio from the Chicago Botanic Garden. We are talking seeds. Um, and uh, we'll get back to her in just a second, but we need to bring in our mystery guest here because nobody nobody was going to figure out who that was. My fans are still sleeping. I guess <laughs> they are. George Brigandi. Oh, two dings. You get two dings, <laughs> baby. Uh, who, made my who, day. Who, uh, who was helped us out back at our old home at Q4 Radio, and um, it's uh, good to have you here. I'm glad I uh, left you in a lesser situation, and now you guys are on the top of the mountain. Um, we're climbing up the mountain right okay. now. We're climbing, climbing. Yeah, yeah. It's a little icy still. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, you you know Lisa, of course, because I do. you did, what, an inter- was it an internship? Uh, it was a summer gig before grad okay, school. so it wasn't actually an internship. It no, was a, no, a, I, got you got I got paid. I got paid. Oh, man, see, you're doing better than we are. <laughs> I also got to take home some plants too, so that was another. You know, that's thing. the best thing yes. about working at places like that. Is, now keep here's growing. here's the problem though. After years of doing that, you have one of everything in your backyard. 
That's right. You're, you're nodding, Lisa. Well, I think the best part of working at a place like that is being able to share seeds, mm-hmm. which is uh, there you an go. exciting part of our work. <laughs> yeah. Share stories as well as seeds. But, uh, George, you were in a kind of restoration work uh, along the lake there. The yeah, pot, I maintained uh, shoreline and aquatic plants about 10 feet off the shoreline, uh, as well as just removed and monitored invasive species. So you were in a boat with your shirt off most of the day, basically, right? Yeah, let me tell you, those uh, suburban ladies loved me. <laughs> Uh, back to Lisa. And so we, we, you got into the idea that uh, there are seeds um, that, uh, that are hybrids that, you know, you can produce like a brandy wine, apparently is from the 1880s or somewhere around there. Uh, the Marshall strawberry mm-hmm. is a, a random variety that popped up, I guess, on a roadside in Massachusetts around that same time. Um, and these are plants that naturally cross-pollinate and they create plants, baby plants with excellent characteristics. And so you want to save that seed because it will come back true to form each year. What about things like F1 hybrids? What's that all about? It's important to discern between a hybrid plant and an, and an open pollinated plant when you're planting your garden. Um, it's best not to save the seed from a hybrid plant. The uh, seed companies are encouraging you to buy new seed each year because those plants are likely not to reproduce themselves. So um, when you're garden planning, there are certain catalogs that can guide you to making those decisions. And I think one of the um, best heirloom seed uh, uh, organizations out there is the Seed Savers Exchange in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, And they have just a compendium of beautiful stories, beautiful pictures, um, plants that they're saving and preserving um, as part of our agricultural history. So if you're interested in heirlooms, uh, Seed Savers Exchange might be a great place to start. Um, If you're learning about um, uh, vegetable gardening for the first time, or if you're an experienced grower alike, uh, Johnny Select Seed in Maine um, is a catalog that uh, has not only um, a really wide collection of of seed options, but they have all kinds of growers' tips, uh, information. There's a proficient group of growers out in Maine, including Elliot Coleman, who has... uh, uh, invented a lot of interesting tools that the Johnny's Select Seed catalog uh, uh, uses. And so those those farm seeds and those tools are available in Johnny's Select Seed. If you're new to the business of growing vegetables, that would be one to start with. And then there are those that uh, are associated with... um, uh, you know, non-GMOs, organic certified seed, high-mowing organic seed would be a great choice for you. Um, they're 100% certified organic, and they give all kinds of really detailed ex- uh, explanations of um, which seeds are um, uh, uh, their their. Uh, system of kind of categorizing these seeds is excellent. So they have tables um, where they give all kinds of growers information. Um, Check out High Mowing Organic. Um, Baker Heirloom uh, uh, Seeds is another one that I see. Baker Baker Creek Creek. that you have here on your, uh, in your studio that, uh, you know, these these folks are seed collecting um, around the world, and they have some of the mo- most obscure varieties, you know, 80 varieties of melon. And um, <laughs> some of these, you know, just a really broad range. Um, and they, again, are uh, 
rather politically active, you know, um, and uh, selling non-GMO seeds. We met Jer Gettle, who started Baker Creek Seeds. We yeah. met him at the, the IGC mm-hmm. last year. So conference. cool. Yeah, it was in really fun. In his overalls? Fun. In his, yeah, so just cool. out there hawking his product uh, in the middle of the conference. It was great. They're doing great work. And that, I think, would have to be the Vogue of the uh, the Vogue magazine of the uh, oh, really? seed world. Oh, really? Baker Creek? Wow. it's just such a... It's a centerfold of beautiful vegetables. So if uh, take a look at that catalog. Yeah. So uh, let's. I'm going to go down that list. Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, the Cook's Garden you like, high mowing organic seeds, Johnny's Selected Seeds, uh, Pine Tree Garden Seeds and Accessories, and Seed Savers Exchange. That's your top list. And then, and then you've got some specialty lists. You know, if you're looking for that. But but getting to you talking about hundreds of melons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you make a choice? Or or, or is it just smart to, to dive in and just grab one and see how it does for you? I think, you know, weighing your plants, deciding if you are producing for a market, you would uh, choose a plant that's reliable, that's uh, been a great producer in our area, um, something that's tried and true. Uh, the adventurous gardener might choose a couple of new vegetables, which we do every year. Um, another way to um, help guide the process of selecting vegetables is to look at a program called the All-American Selections Program, which is a program that um, designates and awards certain well-performing garden plants. After mm-hmm. trialing them around the country, um, we're going to grow a lot of those AAS winners next year. Are you in, a trial garden for them? Um, we are not an official trial garden okay. for them uh, yet, but they have 40 <laughs> around the, the country that are um, uh, judged by uh, horticulturalists and university professionals and uh, seed company um, folks. And so we're going to grow um, some of those AAS winners right next to some of the heirloom Um, plants that we have. So we'll look at um, a little bit um, of a comparison, like a trial, which is always really interesting to see how those plants perform. Um, So if you're curious about variety selection, come out to the vegetable garden and have a look at at what we've got. I I think I have 400 different uh, vegetable varieties growing this year. Um, Real quick, Casey Tomato tweets, open pollinated plants don't always cross-pollinate. Most, like you mentioned, self-pollinate, and that's how relative stability occurs. That's right. So for seed savers, um, choosing a place to start would be to um, start with those um, annuals that would be self-pollinating. So the definition of an annual is that the plant goes from seed to seed in one year, and then to select those plants that can take care of pollination by themselves. Uh, So they're um, self-pollinating. Many have perfect flowers. Um, Some are... um, uh, uh, helped by a little bit of cross-pollination. But generally speaking, peas, beans, uh, lettuce, tomato, pepper would be great choices for beginning seed savers. Lisa Hilgenberg, thank you so much. I wish we had more time. We will do it again. You'll be back, and we'll chat more. (laughs) Thank you. Go to my website, MikeNovak.net, for more information or to uh, Natural Awakenings. In East Chicago. Uh, The Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series returns to McHenry County College in Crystal Lake for three dates in February 7th, 21st, 28th. You don't want to miss three terrific speakers address the great challenge facing our world today, how to make the planet more sustainable. It's sponsored by McHenry County College Sustainability Center. The series of free, free, by the way, focuses on resiliency, citizen science, and environmental justice. The second lecture, February 21st, is Engaging Citizens in Civic Ecology Practices. 
presented by Tanya Schusler, Ph.D. from the Institute for Environmental Sustainability at Loyola. There's nothing more basic than teaching people about the high stakes of climate variability. All events are at 7 p.m. For more information, 815-479-7765 or visit mchenry.edu slash green. Stick around. Rick DeMaio, Weather and Climate, coming up next. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED lighting. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. As I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, this will be the final segment today because uh, this week it's it's still one hour. And as I said, the radio guides have told us that we will be back or, uh, next week mm-hmm. with two full hours of the program back to the regular schedule, whatever that means, because we haven't had a regular schedule in a long time. Uh, let's go right to the phones, though, and bring out a guy who's uh, a very regular occurrence on this show, and uh, I wasn't even going to say that he's just regular or a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rick DeMaio. How you doing, Rick? Uh, I'm high test on your show. How about that? <laughs> unleaded regularly and high test on high test. <laughs> you are. You are a high test meteorologist, also a high maintenance meteorologist, but uh, other than that, you're just well, fine. Well, in, in, in this day and age, and, expect, and especially in this past week, you have to be high maintenance. I mean, when you think about it, we went from what? Uh, winter to spring to winter to spring in what less than forty eight hours twice. It was, it it's weird. Uh, try, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, and and it all goes back to how you know climate variability kind of rears its ugly head, particularly during the, um, particularly during the middle uh, of of a season. And when I say that, I mean like the middle of winter, the middle of fall, the mm-hmm. middle of spring, uh, the middle of summer. Oftentimes, the beginning and the ends of those seasons kind of blend in with another one. And that's when people are usually trying to figure out what's going on. But, you know, we went from Arctic air, uh, the temperatures close to 50. Uh, we actually had thunderstorms come through on Monday night. I don't think I've ever seen a setup where you had a freezing rain advisory to the north, a dense fog advisory to the south. Thunderstorms move across O'Hare Field with temperatures in the mid-30s. Uh, then the following morning, after the Arctic air came back in, uh, freezing rain and then thunderstorms across northern Indiana. And even though we had some of that move across the city, uh, if you went around 10 to 15 to 20 miles further south, Mike and Peg, it was 10 times worse. And if you went about 10 to 15 miles to the north, uh, there was about 45 minutes of flurry. 
And in, in addition to that, you know, last weekend we were talking, there was a blizzard hitting uh, the Cape, Boston area. New York City had about 10 inches of snow. And on Thursday, uh, both of those locales actually not only melted all the snow, uh, but broke record highs. They made it into the mid-60s, which is absolutely insane. So if, if someone doesn't think that there's something up with the climate, they need to have their head again. <laughs> well, you know, but you bring up a really good point, and I'm glad that uh, Lisa Hilgenberg from the Chicago Botanic Garden is still in the studio with us um, because you mentioned going from uh, you know spring to winter to spring to winter. Uh, and one of the things that's happened here is we had this lovely uh, – snowpack which melted basically on christmas day uh or Mm -hmm. the day after and by the you know two days after christmas it christmas was really over Mm because there was no snow uh right but but that wreaks havoc with plants over the winter Mm -hmm. especially when you start to get deep freezes and you get that freezing the heaving and thawing of plants and lisa and what what can you tell gardeners about that right now about what the weather's doing to their plants well, it's not too late to mulch. Uh, when there's no snow cover, it, you certainly could uh, put even the branches of your uh, uh, Christmas tree could be recycled and placed over perennial gardens. Um, but a thumb-deep uh, layer of leaf mulch would be a great idea in your garden. You could even use organic compost, which is still available uh, in the marketplace, just to give a little uh, blanket over those plants to keep them in the ground. And and the idea is not to make the plants warmer, it's to keep the temperature constant mm-hmm. so that the, it doesn't melt and freeze and melt and freeze, right? That's exactly right. And it's the reason that we don't mulch too early in the fall uh, before things have really had a chance to get cool. You want the, the ground to get uh to freeze and to get cool and then just to keep it there. So it is that fl- temperature fluctuation that, that's very uh, Damaging. tricky. And I look at this uh, winter we're having right now, Rick, and I go, uh-oh, it's one of those winters where there's going to be a lot of plant mortality in the spring. Right. And pe- people are going to say, wow, why didn't it make it through the winter? And in winter, in last year, it was just warm pretty much the whole time. Um, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and, and other winters, we've had snow. A couple of years ago, we had snow for pretty much the whole time, and that protects the plants. But right now, there's there's not a lot of that. Not here, yeah, and, anyway. And, 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 and one of the things that um, I don't think people realize, but on the maximum min- minimum temperature and precipitation table that is sent out uh, every morning at about 10 a.m. from the National Weather Service, it's also called the regional maximum temperature and precipitation roundup, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that column, uh, it actually has information uh, from the Chicago Botanic Gardens. It shows a soil temperature at a four-inch depth under bare soil. Uh, The maximum temperature in the last 24 hours was 29. The minimum was 29. And then it also shows what the soil temperature is, um, four inches under sod. Maximum was 40. Uh, minimum was 29, and I and I remember, Mike. I think it was probably about, I want to say, about 10 years ago. We had an extremely dry, but very very cold winter, uh, and I think Lisa remembers this because I think the the permafrost went down almost six inches, and I recall planting uh, nearly 200 tulip bulbs the previous fall, and I probably lost about 100 of them uh, because I probably obviously didn't plant them either deep enough. Yeah. Or because we didn't have that snow cover, uh, they basically froze. And, and this is kind of what we're worried about right now is we have actually gone now. And I don't think I've ever seen this before, but we had 20 inches of snow, melted it all. And now we've gone almost 28 days 
without another inch of snow. This is actually, and this is from Thomas Dealing's website, who has amazing climatological data. This is now the second longest snow drought of an inch or more that we've ever seen in the city since records have been taken since, you know, 1871. Huh. And, that, and, and that goes to show you what, what type of spring, you know, we might end up having just based on the fact that we've had this incredibly odd and highly variable weather this winter. It hadn't occurred to me. I knew we didn't have a lot of snow. And, and again, I'll throw it in your – because you're not one of the people who said this, but, you know, when you read these newspaper headlines a couple of months ago, they're going, Snowmageddon, and, you know, well, coming, coming. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, well, you know, it's interesting because Bala uh, Chaudhry was here last uh, week, and I know you know her. After the show, we started talking about meteorology and science and how media handle that. And that's where they do us a disservice when they have these broad generalizations and they don't pay attention to the details. Uh, right, and, and 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 I know we only have about two minutes here, but I mean that 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 goes even across the lines into the political landscape as well. Is that there's so much information out there? Um, what do you actually believe? What do you follow? Um, what's quote trending? And and I always tell my students that when you're going to look at data. Make sure it comes from a reputable source. Make sure that if you're looking at it, look at it over and over and over again to make sure that it's just not this one-time deal, that you're that it got out because it trended and it had a photograph attached to it. Because unfortunately, that's what these kids today are into. It's what's trending and what's Snapchat, it's what's on their phone, and unfortunately, that's the future of our country. So, so Mike, to, to kind of wrap things up here, I sent you some information that shows the national snow map. And oddly enough, right here in North Illinois, we have been basically in a snow drought. And even though we're going to get some sleet and freezing rain around here late tomorrow night into Monday, the bulk of that is probably going to go back over to all rain. So mainly rain during the day on Monday, temperatures rising into the 40s, upper 40s on Tuesday. And believe it or not, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday into Saturday, a 0% chance of temperatures actually even below freezing, wow. which means highs probably in the mid-40s and maybe even close to 50 degrees. And so the <clears throat> I have to choke up here for the presidential inauguration <laughs> on Friday, sunshine and a high of 60 degrees oh, dear. in Washington, D.C. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. Okay. Now, now that, that, that is going to be the core, the biggest core of a lot of problems. And next Saturday, um, I should be able to link up with you. I'm going to be in Seattle uh, for the AMS conference at the American Meteorological Society. Sounds good. It's a five-day conference, and I'm going to be talking to a lot of people about climate change and not only the science, but how the research is going to be stripped from a lot of universities okay. based on the politics of the country. we got to go, Rick. we got to go, Rick. All right, thanks. Talk to you next Talk week. to you next week from Seattle. Join us next week. Thanks to all our guests. And until next week, go green or go, go home. home. Thanks, George. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.